Hi, this is Grace Ann, and you're listening to My Dad's Walk, where he will share some of his most valuable lessons he's learned while walking with Jesus Christ. Over to you, Dad. Hi, my name is Greg Bouton, and this is the My Dad's Walk podcast. I'm the dad part of this podcast. The title for today's podcast is Why the Bible? I'd like to do this for the first several episodes of this podcast, is really just kind of take a 50,000-foot view of the Bible, a bird's-eye view of the whole Bible, uh, answering just general questions about the Bible, like uh, today, like why why the Bible? What what am I supposed to get out of reading the Bible? What's its purpose? Why did why did God uh, provide the Bible for us? You know, why does He want this to be a revelation of His? You know, you know why why should we read it? You know, what am I supposed to get out of this? Uh, what I have learned about uh, the Bible is, and His purpose for it, is that there's three things he, well, there might be more than this, but there are three things that he really wants to teach us. I'm a teacher, and so he, I see him as a master teacher, and he is teaching us uh, something. And there are three things that he's teaching us. One, who he is. Two, who we are. And three, what his plan and his purpose is for us. So everything you read in the Bible can be read with this filter of, he is teaching us either who he is He's teaching about us, or he's teaching about his plan that he has for us, or our purpose uh, in life right here. Uh, everything is teaching, everything in the Bible, rather, is teaching one of these things. And so sometimes uh, when we read stories and we don't understand what's written in them, or we don't understand a story, or we think, why did that person do this? Or how could God say this or do this? Then it helps us to understand that there's a lesson that he's trying to teach us. It's either about who he is or who we are or his plan and purpose are for us. So let's look at some examples of stories in the Bible and just kind of see how this works, how how reading a story in the Bible with this filter, with this in mind, may help us to kind of gain some insight into that story a little, a little bit here. So here's a story. I just picked, I kind of randomly picked some stories out that I thought, oh, that's, that might be a difficult one to understand, or this might be something that has some insight into it. But so here's a, here's a story right here. The, the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai. This is in Exodus 19, chapter 19, verses 10 through 12, or 10 through 14, right around that area. God is telling Moses uh, to get the people ready because he's coming down onto Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Like this is where he's giving the Ten Commandments, he's giving laws, and the people are uh, gathered you know, at the foot of the mountain, or they're kind of in the, they're not on the mountain, obviously, but they're in the foot of it. Anyway, he's he's coming down to Mount Sinai. He's telling Moses, get the people ready. And he says something that's really kind of odd. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of tough, tough to swallow here. He says, be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. Wow, that is a pretty harsh thing to say, pretty mean, maybe. However, uh, there's a lesson in there. So generally, he's teaching us a lesson about who he is and who we are, and that sinfulness just cannot be in the presence of God. He is holy and separated from sin, and we are sinful. It's just our, our part of our nature, part of that sin nature that came with us. So there is a separation and as much as we want there to be no separation, uh, there is. And he also wants there to be no separation either. But it is what it is, I guess is what they say. So he's teaching us about holiness and separation. Another example 
would be like, I just chose Cain and Abel uh, out of Genesis chapter four, uh, where God goes to Cain, he speaks to him. Of course, you're probably familiar with the Cain and Abel story. Cain ends up killing his brother, Abel. I'm guessing not with a shotgun, but God goes to him before he does so. Uh, God encourages him to do the right thing. He warns him. Uh, He says this, if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So A, he wants us to know that he wants us to be with him. He is teaching us that he is going to pursue us, even those of us who think we're out of favor or you know, maybe we have a grudge against God that we are being pursued by him. He wants us to be with him and that he will continue to uh, encourage us to, to do the right thing, you know, to follow him, to seek him out. Uh, so he, he teaches us that. He also teaches that we have an adversary. We have a very real adversary, which is sin, and it wants to rule us. Uh, we would also say the devil, you know, Satan uh, is an adversary, which is what that word means, Satan. Uh, we have an, a very real adversary who is after us and wants to rule us, but we can rule over it. And so there is a, a free will that we have uh, to rule over it. So he, he teaches a lot just in that sentence, and it's good to kind of read that story and then stop and, and ponder and say, okay, what is, uh, what's the lesson here? What can I learn from this? Uh, here's another uh, good story. We're all familiar with David and Goliath. That's a good story. Y'all, you probably know that one. There is the Israelite people. They're facing uh, their enemy, the Philistines. They, the Philistines have set their giant Goliath to challenge the Israelites uh, in a, a one-to-one combat. And none of the Israelites can face him. They're afraid of him. He's huge. He's this big giant. Well, David, who's not even in the army, uh, ends up slaying him. He's not afraid. He faces him, slays him. And when he does so, the Israelite army rises up and chases after the Philistine army, conquering them as they go. They found their courage after David slew Goliath. This story is a story of salvation. In this story, we are not David. We are the Israelite people. We are the masses, and we are the army of the Israelites, and we are facing an enemy that we cannot conquer. And God is in the form of Jesus. He's kind of, I guess, in the in the analogy there. He would be David, and he slays our enemy, which is the ultimate enemy of sin and death. And because of his victory, then we can know victory through him. Over all of our other enemies. You see the story of salvation replayed over and over in many of the stories of the Old Testament. So those are just some real brief uh, examples. As you read the Bible, you read stories and you say, you know what, that's an odd story. What do I have? What does this have to teach me? Always think, what is God teaching us about who he is and who we are and the plan and the purpose that he has for us? It'll be one of those or It might be more than one of those, but those are always kind of embedded in everything you read in the whole Bible. And we've got some time for some questions that have come in. This question is from Grace Ann Bouton. She's my daughter. She always has lots of great questions. Um, All my kids have good questions. She is asking about anointing. Uh, Is anointing legalistic, ritualistic, and why do we do this? And we read about anointing. Uh, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament itself. Uh, anointing means a smearing or an unguent, something you would smear on. And in the Greek, 
uh, language. It's charisma, and we would say Christ. Christ means anointing. Uh, Messiah also means anointing as well. So it really is symbolic of a special endowment of the Holy Spirit. Uh, In the Old Testament, priests, kings, prophets were anointed. Uh, They were regarded as endued by the Holy Spirit for uh, for a specific task usually and it's interesting in first samuel uh, chapter 16 13 david is anointed he remember king david david and goliath you got that he was anointed uh, by samuel and it says from that day on the spirit of the lord came on david in power so there's always this connection between the holy spirit and anointing and what we have um in the new testament i'm reading a first john chapter 2 in my Bible study. I do a men's Bible study every week, and we are going through 1 John right now. And in chapter 2, he talks about anointing a few times. And we have the, the anointing from Christ. And through that anointing, through us receiving the Holy Spirit, um, he teaches us and we learn from him. Uh, John 20, 21, this is where Christ said, he breathed on him. Jesus Christ breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So that's a type of anointing right there. Uh, Jesus uh, Christ, uh, the, the word Christ means anointing or the anointed one. Messiah also means the anointed one. And we share his spirit. And so we, we have an anointing also from Christ Jesus. And John explains that in 2nd chapter 2. Now, as far as anointing things with oil, that is symbolic and is an outward showing of something that is happening inwards in in the spiritual realm with the Holy Spirit and doing somebody. It is not magical, so don't ever think that anointing a person or a thing with oil is some type of magical thing that somehow now it changes it because you put that on there. That is not the case. Anytime you you think that doing something will manipulate God or you'll you'll make him do something because you did this or you prayed a certain prayer or you you know followed these certain guidelines so now god has to do something that is not true anointing is just a symbolic gesture that the holy spirit is here and is um, empowering imbuing somebody and if you'd like to anoint your house some people will anoint the windowsills and the doorways and that's simply an outward showing saying hey look the holy spirit protects this place uh, if you did not do that, it doesn't mean you know you you lack a layer of protection or anything. No, nothing of the sort. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of uh, something you do as a symbolic gesture to say the Holy Spirit protects and guides and is here. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, this is the first one, so it's a work in progress. Definitely very rough around the edges. I will have in future podcasts a way for you to call or to email or to send messages so that you too can include questions or comments. Thank you very much. This is Greg Bouton for My Dad's Walk Podcast. Bye-bye.